Chapter Two, Part Three of the Boy Scouts Book of Campfire Stories. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Myra Parker. The Boy Scouts Book of Campfire Stories, Chapter Two, Part Three, The Wild Horse Hunter by zane gray that was the last sloan saw of wildfire for three days it took all of this day to climb out of the canyon the second was a slow march of thirty miles into a scrub cedar and pinyon forest through which the great red and yellow walls of the canyon could be seen that night sloan found a water hole in a rocky pocket and a little grass for nagger the third day's travel consisted of forty miles or more through level pine forest, dry and odorous, but lacking the freshness and beauty of the forest on the north side of the canyon. On this south side, a strange feature was that all the water, when there was any, ran away from the rim. Sloan camped this night at a muddy pond in the woods, where wildfire's tracks showed plainly on the following day sloan rode out of the forest into a country of scanty cedars bleached and stunted and out of this to the edge of a plateau from which the shimmering desert flung its vast and desolate distances forbidding and menacing this was not the desert upland country of utah but a naked and bony world of colored rock and sand a painted desert of heat and wind and flying sand and waterless wastes and barren ranges but it did not daunt sloan for far down on the bare billowing ridges moved a red speck at a snail's pace a slowly moving dot of color which was wildfire on open ground like this nagger carrying two hundred and fifty pounds showed his wonderful quality he did not mind the heat, nor the sand, nor the glare, nor the distance, nor his burden. He did not tire. He was an engine of tremendous power. Sloan gained upon wildfire, and toward evening of that day he reached to within half a mile of the stallion, and he chose to keep that far behind. That night he camped where there was dry grass but no water next day he followed wildfire down and down over the endless swell of rolling red ridges bare of all but bleached white grass and meager greasewood always descending in the face of that painted desert of bold and ragged steps sloan made fifty miles that day and gained the valley bed where a slender stream ran thin and spread over a wide sandy bottom it was salty water, but it was welcome to both man and beast. The following day he crossed, and the tracks of wildfire were still wet in the sandbars. The stallion was slowing down. Sloane saw him limping along, not far in advance. There was a ten-mile stretch of level ground, blown hard as rock from which the sustenance had been bleached, for not a spear of grass grew there and following that was a torturous passage through a weird region of clay dunes, blue and violet and helotrope and lavender, all worn smooth by rain and wind. 
wildfire favored the soft ground now he had deviated from his straight course and he was partial to washes and dips in the earth where water might have lodged and he was not now scornful of a green-scummed water-hole with its white margin of alkali that night Sloane made camp with wildfire in plain sight the stallion stopped when his pursuer stopped and he began to graze on the same stretch with nagger how strange this seemed to Sloane! here at this camp was evidence of indians wildfire had swung round to the north in his course like any pursued wild animal he had begun to circle and he had pointed his nose toward the utah he had left next morning wildfire was not in sight but he had left his tracks in the sand Sloane trailed him with nagger at a trot toward the head of this sandy flat Sloane came upon old cornfields and a broken dam where the water had been stored and well-defined trails leading away to the right somewhere over there in the desert lived indians at this point wildfire abandoned the trail he had followed for many days and cut out more to the north it took all the morning hours to climb three great steps and benches that led up to the summit of a mesa vast in extent it turned out to be a sandy waste the wind rose and everywhere were moving sheets of sand and in the distance circular yellow dust devils rising high like water spouts and back down in the sun-scorched valley a sandstorm moved along majestically burying the desert in its yellow pall then two more days of sand and another day of a slowly rising ground growing from bare to gray and gray to green and then to purple of sage and cedar these three grinding days were toiled out with only one water-hole and wildfire was lame and in distress and nagger was growing gaunt and showing strain and Sloane, haggard and black and worn plodded miles and miles on foot to save his horse Sloane felt that it would be futile to put the chase to a test of speed nagger could never head that stallion Sloane meant to go on and on always pushing wildfire keeping him tired wearied and worrying him till a section of the country was reached where he could drive wildfire into some kind of a natural trap the pursuit seemed endless wildfire kept to open country where he could not be surprised there came a morning when Sloane climbed to a cedared plateau that rose for a whole day's travel and then split into a labyrinthine maze of canyons there were trees grass water it was high country cool and wild like the uplands he had left for days he camped on wildfire's trail always relentlessly driving him always watching for the trap he hoped to find and the red stallion spent much of this time of flight in looking backward whenever Sloane came in sight of him he had his head over his shoulder watching and on the soft ground of these canyons he had begun to recover from his lameness but this did not worry Sloane. sooner or later wildfire would go down into a high-walled wash from which there would be no outlet or he would wander into a box canyon 
or he would climb out on a mesa with no place to descend unless he passed Sloan, or he would get cornered on a soft, steep slope where his hooves would sink deep and make him slow. The nature of the desert had changed. Sloan had entered a wonderful region, the like of which he had not seen, a high plateau crisscrossed in every direction by narrow canyons with red walls a thousand feet high and one of the strange turning canyons opened into a vast valley of monuments the plateau had weathered and washed away leaving huge sections of stone walls all standing isolated different in size and shape but all clean-cut bold with straight lines they stood up everywhere monumental towering many-colored lending a singular and beautiful aspect to the great green and gray valley billowing away to the north where dim broken battlements mounted to the clouds the only living thing in sloan's sight was wildfire he shone red down on the green slope sloan's heart swelled this was the setting for that grand horse a perfect wild range but also it seemed the last place where there might be any chance to trap the stallion still that did not alter sloan's purpose though it lost to him the joy of former hopes he rode down the slope out upon the billowing floor of the valley wildfire looked back to see his pursuers and then the solemn stillness broke to a wild piercing whistle day after day camping where night found him sloan followed the stallion never losing sight of him till darkness had fallen the valley was immense and the monuments miles apart but they always seemed close together and near him the air magnified everything sloan lost track of time the strange solemn lonely days and the silent lonely nights and the endless pursuit and the wild weird valley these completed the work of years on sloan and he became satisfied unthinking almost savage the toil and privation had worn him down and he was like iron his garments hung in tatters his boots were ripped and soleless long since his flour had been used up and all his supplies except the salt he lived on the meat of rabbits but they were scarce and the time came when there were none some days he did not eat hunger did not make him suffer he killed a desert bird now and then and once a wildcat crossing the valley eventually he felt his strength diminishing and then he took to digging out the pack rats and cooking them but these too were scarce at length starvation faced sloan but he knew he would not starve many times he had been within rifle shot of wildfire and the grim forbidding thought grew upon him that he must kill the stallion the thought seemed involuntary but his mind rejected it nevertheless he knew that if he could not catch the stallion he would kill him and that had been the end of many a desperate rider's pursuit of a coveted horse while sloan kept on his merciless pursuit never letting wildfire rest by day time went on just as relentlessly spring gave way to early summer the hot sun bleached the grass 
water holes failed out in the valley and water could be found only in the canyons and the dry winds began to blow the sand it was a sandy valley green and gray only at a distance and out toward the north there were no monuments and the slow heave of sand lifted toward the dim walls wildfire worked away from this open valley back to the south end where the great monuments loomed and still farther back where they grew closer till at length some of them were joined by weathered ridges to the walls of the surrounding plateau for all that sloan could see wildfire was in perfect condition but nagger was not the horse he had been sloan realized that in one way or another the pursuit was narrowing down to the end he found a water hole at the head of a wash in a split in the walls and here he let nagger rest and graze one whole day the first day for a long time that he had not kept the red stallion in sight that day was marked by the good fortune of killing a rabbit and while eating it his gloomy fixed mind admitted that he was starving he dreaded the next sunrise but he could not hold it back there behind the dark monuments standing sentinel-like the sky lightened and reddened and burnt into gold and pink till out of the golden glare the sun rose glorious and sloan facing the league-long shadows of the monuments rode out again into the silent solemn day on his hopeless quest for a change wildfire had climbed high up a slope of talus through a narrow pass rounded over with drifting sand and sloan gazed down into a huge amphitheatre full of monuments like all that strange country a basin three miles across lay beneath him walls and weathered slants of rock and steep slopes of reddish-yellow sand enclosed this oval depression the floor was white and it seemed to move gently or radiate with heat waves studying it sloan made out that the motion was caused by wind in long bleached grass he had crossed small areas of this grass in different parts of the region wildfire's tracks led down into this basin and presently sloan by straining his eyes made out the red spot that was the stallion he's looking to quit the country soliloquized sloan as he surveyed the scene with keen slow gaze sloan studied the lay of wall and slope and when he had circled the huge depression he made sure that wildfire could not get out except by the narrow pass through which he had gone in sloan sat astride nagger in the mouth of this pass a wash a few yards wide walled by broken rough rock on one side and an insurmountable slope on the other if this hole was only little now sighed sloane as he gazed at the sweeping shimmering oval floor i might have a chance but down there we couldn't get near him there was no water in that dry bowl sloane reflected on the uselessness of keeping wildfire down there because nagger could not go without water as long as wildfire for the first time sloane hesitated it seemed merciless to nagger to drive him down into this hot windy hole 
The wind blew from the west, and it swooped up the slope, hot with the odor of dry, dead grass. But that hot wind stirred Sloan with an idea, and suddenly he was tense, excited, glowing, yet grim and hard. Wildfire, I'll make you run with your namesake in that high grass, called Sloan. The speech was full of bitter failure, of regret, of the hardness of a rider who could not give up the horse to freedom. Sloan meant to ride down there and fire the long grass. In that wind, there would indeed be wildfire to race with the red stallion. It would perhaps mean his death. At least it would chase him out of that hole where to follow him would be useless. I'd make you jump now to get away if I could get behind you, muttered Sloane. He saw that if he could fire the grass on the other side, the wind of flame would drive wildfire straight toward him. The slopes and walls narrowed up to the pass, but high grass grew to within a few rods of where Sloane stood, but it seemed impossible to get behind wildfire. At night, then, I could get around him, said Sloane, thinking hard and narrowing his gaze to scan the circle of wall and slope. Why not? No wind at night. That grass would burn slow till morning, till the wind came up, and it's been west for days. Suddenly Sloane began to pound the patient nagger and to cry out to him in wild exultance. Old horse, we've got him, we've got him. We'll put a rope on him before this time tomorrow. Sloan yielded to his strange wild joy, but it did not last long, soon succeeding to sober, keen thought. He rode down into the bowl a mile, making absolutely certain that wildfire could not climb out on that side. The far end behind the monuments was a sheer wall of rock. Then he crossed to the left side. Here the sandy slope was almost too steep for even him to go up and there was grass that would burn. He returned to the pass, assured that wildfire had at last fallen into a trap the like Sloane had never dreamed of. The great horse was doomed to run into living flame or the whirling noose of a lasso. Then Sloane reflected. Nagger had that very morning had his full of good water, the first really satisfying drink for days. If he was rested that day, on the morrow he would be fit for the grueling work possibly in store for him. Sloane unsaddled the horse and turned him loose, and with the snort he made down the gentle slope for the grass. Then Sloane carried his saddle to a shady spot afforded by a slab of rock and dwarf cedar, and here he composed himself to rest and watch and think and wait. Wildfire was plainly in sight, no more than two miles away. Gradually, he was grazing along toward the monuments and the far end of the Great Basin. Sloane believed, because the place was so large, that Wildfire thought there was a way out on the other side or over the slopes or through the walls. Never before had the far-sighted stallion made a mistake. Sloane suddenly felt the keen, stabbing fear of an outlet somewhere, but it left him quickly. He had studied these slopes and walls. Wildfire could not get out, except by the pass he had entered, unless he could fly. Sloane lay in the shade, 
his head propped on his saddle, and while gazing down into the shimmering hollow, he began to plan. He calculated that he must be able to carry fire swiftly across the far end of the basin, so that he would not be absent long from the mouth of the pass. Fire was always a difficult matter, since he must depend only on flint and steel. He decided to wait until dark, and build a fire with dead cedar sticks, and carry a bundle of them with burning ends. He felt assured that the wind caused by riding would keep them burning. After he had lighted the grass, all he had to do was hurry back to his station and there await developments. The day passed slowly, and it was hot. The heat waves rose in dark, wavering lines and veils from the valley. The wind blew almost a gale. Thin, curling sheets of sand blew up over the crests of the slopes, and the sound it made was a soft, silken rustling, very low. The sky was a steely blue above, and copper close over the distant walls. That afternoon, toward the close, Sloane ate the last of the meat. At sunset, the wind died away, and the air cooled. There was a strip of red along the wall of rock, and on the tips of the monuments, and it lingered there for long, a strange, bright crown. Nagger was not far away, but wildfire had disappeared, probably behind one of the monuments. When twilight fell, Sloane went down after Nagger, and returning with him, put on bridle and saddle. Then he began to search for suitable sticks of wood. Farther back in the pass, he found stunted cedars, and from these secured enough for his purpose. He kindled a fire and burned the ends of the sticks into red embers. Making a bundle of these, he put them under his arm, the dull glowing ends backward, and then mounted his horse. It was just about dark when he faced down into the valley. When he reached level ground, he kept up to the edge of the left slope and put Nagger to a good trot. The grass and brush were scant here, and the color of the sand was light, so he had no difficulty in traveling. From time to time his horse went through grass, and its dry, crackling rustle showing how it would burn was music to Sloane. Gradually the monuments began to loom up, bold and black against the blue sky, with stars seemingly hanging close over them. Sloane had calculated that the basin was smaller than it really was, in both length and breadth. This worried him. Wildfire might see or hear or scent him, and make a break back to the pass and thus escape. Sloane was glad when the huge dark monuments were indistinguishable from the black frowning wall. He had to go slower here, because of the darkness, but at last he reached the slow rise of jumbled rock that evidently marked the extent of weathering on that side. Here he turned to the right and rode out into the valley. The floor was level and thickly overgrown with long, dead grass and dead greasewood, as dry as tinder. It was easy to account for the dryness. Neither snow nor rain had visited that valley for many months. Sloane whipped one of the sticks into the wind, and soon had the smoldering end red and showering sparks. 
then he dropped the stick in the grass with curious intent and a strange feeling of regret instantly the grass blazed with a little sputtering roar nagger snorted wildfire exclaimed sloan that word was a favorite one with riders and now sloan used it both to call out his menace to the stallion and to express his feeling for that blaze already running wild without looking back sloan rode across the valley dropping a glowing stick every quarter mile when he reached the other side there were a dozen fires behind him burning slowly with white smoke rising lazily then he loped Nagger along the side, back to the sandy ascent, and on up to the mouth of the pass. There he searched for tracks. Wildfire had not gone out, and Sloane experienced relief and exultation. He took up a position in the middle of the narrowest part of the pass, and there, with Nagger ready for anything, he once more composed himself to watch and wait far across the darkness of the valley low down twelve lines of fire widely separated crept toward one another they appeared thin and slow with only an occasional leaping flame and some of the black spaces must have been monuments blotting out the creeping snail lines of red sloan watched strangely fascinated what do you think of that he said aloud and he meant his query for wildfire as he watched the lines perceptibly lengthened and brightened and pale shadows of smoke began to appear over at the left of the valley the two brightest fires the first he had started crept closer and closer together they seemed long in covering distance but not a breath of wind stirred and besides they really might move swiftly without looking so to sloan when the two lines met a sudden and larger blaze grew ah said the rider and then he watched the other lines creeping together how slowly fire moved he thought the red stallion would have every chance to run between those lines if he dared but a wild horse fears nothing like fire this one would not run the gantlet of flames nevertheless sloan felt more and more relieved as the lines closed the hours of the night dragged past until at length one long continuous line of fire spread level across the valley its bright red line broken only where the monuments of stone were silhouetted against it the darkness of the valley changed the light of the moon changed the radiance of the stars changed either the line of fire was finding denser fuel to consume or it was growing appreciably closer for the flames began to grow to leap and to flare sloan strained his ears for the thud of hoofs on sand the time seemed endless in its futility of results but fleeting after it had passed and he could tell how the hours fled by the ever-recurring need to replenish the little fire he kept burning in the pass a broad belt of valley grew bright in the light and behind it loomed the monuments weird and dark with columns of yellow and white smoke wreathing them suddenly sloan's sensitive ear vibrated to a thrilling sound 
he leaned down to place his ear to the sand rapid rhythmic beat of hoofs made him leap to his feet reaching for his lasso with right hand and a gun with his left nagger lifted his head sniffed the air and snorted slone peered into the black belt of gloom that lay below him it would be hard to see a horse there unless he got high enough to be silhouetted against that line of fire now flaring to the sky but he heard the beat of hoofs swift sharp louder louder the night shadows were deceptive that wonderful light confused him made the place unreal was he dreaming or had the long chase and his privations unhinged his mind he reached for nagger no the big black was real alive quivering pounding the sand he scented an enemy once more slone peered down into the void or what seemed a void but it too had changed lightened the whole valley was brightening great palls of curling smoke rose white and yellow to turn back as the monuments met their crests and then to roll upward blotting out the stars it was such a light as he had never seen except in dreams pale moonlight and dimmed starlight and wan dawn all vague and strange and shadowy under the wild and vivid light of burning grass in the pale path before sloane that fan-like slope of sand which opened down into the valley appeared a swiftly moving black object like a fleeing phantom it was a phantom horse sloane felt that his eyes deceived by his mind saw racing images many a wild chase he had lived in dreams on some far desert but what was that beating in his ears sharp swift even rhythmic never had his ears played him false never had he heard things in his dreams that running object was a horse and he was coming like the wind sloane felt something grip his heart all the time and endurance and pain and thirst and suspense and longing and hopelessness the agony of the whole endless chase closed tight on his heart in that instant the running horse halted just in the belt of light cast by the burning grass there he stood sharply defined clear as a cameo not a hundred paces from sloane it was wildfire sloane uttered an involuntary cry thrill on thrill shot through him delight and hope and fear and despair claimed him in swift successive flashes and then again the ruling passion of a rider held him the sheer glory of a grand and unattainable horse for sloane gave up wildfire in that splendid moment how had he ever dared to believe he could capture that wild stallion sloane looked and looked filling his mind regretting nothing sure that the moment was reward for all he had endured the weird lights magnified wildfire and showed him clearly he seemed gigantic he shone black against the fire his head was high his mane flying 
Behind him the fire flared, and the valley-wide column of smoke rolled majestically upward, and the great monuments seemed to retreat darkly and mysteriously as the flames advanced beyond them. It was a beautiful, unearthly spectacle, with its silence the strangest feature. But suddenly Wildfire broke that silence with a whistle which to Sloane's overstrained faculties seemed a blast as piercing as the splitting sound of lightning. And with the whistle Wildfire plunged up toward the pass. Sloane yelled at the top of his lungs and fired his gun before he could terrorize the stallion and drive him back down the slope. Soon Wildfire became again a running black object and then he disappeared. The great line of fire had gotten beyond the monuments, and now stretched unbroken across the valley, from wall to slope. Wildfire could never pierce that line of flames, and now Sloane saw, in the paling sky to the east, that dawn was at hand. End of chapter 2, part 3 Recording by Myra Parker